Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda. Hey, everyone. And our very special guest, Piper Laurie Saloga. Hey there. Happy to be Hi. here. Yeah, Piper. Uh, Piper founded the beauty of being human, which offers coaching and classes on how to embrace your whole self the beauty and the bumps. I love that. And today we're going to talk about the life you desire is real and waiting. Uh, Welcome, Piper. Thank you. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Well, we are thrilled to be here. I mean, this is a fabulous topic. And, you know, let's get right into it and start by defining what desire is. You know, where does it come from? And why do people want it or why do I want it so much? <laughs> so I'll give you my definition of desire because I'm sure that there are many. Um, and the way I think of it is that it's the want that you have deep within yourself. Um, and so from this viewpoint, desire comes from the heart or the spirit or the essence of you. Um, and to answer that, the last part of that question why do you want so much or why do we all want so much? Um, I, that's, it's a bit more complicated, right? Because I think we all go around having lots of wants. And there are several reasons that have to do with two different things. Um, and again, this is all from my viewpoint, uh, which has a spiritual background um, and many different religions studied over the last 20 years. Uh, I would say that all of them tend to coalesce, and I agree with this belief as well, which is that um, energy is constantly creating, right? If you look at nature and you see how everything is constantly renewing, creating, fulfilling, and then maybe dying out so that something new can be created, this is a natural urge that we also have within us. Um, And this really comes from the essence of us, this essence for longing in order to fulfill our greatest life and our greatest purpose here on earth. And then there's this other side to wanting, which I think of being more societal versus energetic or kind of the nature of all of life. This other more societal part has a lot more to do with how we're marketed to. Um, The magazines we're looking at, the TV shows we're watching, the movies, et cetera, which are, and and even how we're watching each other, this kind of comparison energy, which leads usually more to the not feeling good enough and more of a predicament of constantly searching to fill what may feel more like a hole in us rather than uh, a wholeness of us, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, it's interesting to hear it actually put into words because like, I feel like these are things that I've thought about, but I've never really known how to articulate it in that way. So that's really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I think it can be really helpful, right, to have the discernment between the two. Yeah, absolutely. So how do I know the difference between my heart's desire and my ego's need? And how can I differentiate between those two? 
Yeah, which is a great segue, right, from where we were just connecting. Um, I, I think of it as uh, going into the body's intelligence to help give us clues because um, our mind is so super smart that it can trick us so easily and it gets really confusing and slippery in there, the clarity of what's happening with us and how we know where our impulses are coming from. Whereas the body, it doesn't, it can't lie. <laughs> it seems to, when we're stressed, right, it tenses. Um, when we're worried or constantly feeling behind the eight ball or kind of coming from that place of the hole in us, the not good enough, um, usually that creates stress response in our body. So when we become more aware of how our body uh, is holding stress, is showing stress. For me, I tend to do it, uh, have really tight shoulders and I can just feel, right? That's like I, and maybe I don't know if I ever don't have tight shoulders at all. <laughs> I wish that I, I wish I was uh, so, um, so gifted, but it's a huge difference between like, I can feel them clenching, right? And I can feel now my, my head is a lot harder to turn. For other people, they start to get a headache. For some people, they start to get squeamish in their stomach. Sometimes also, um, if I'm really kind of spinning in lots and lots of worry and thought, then uh, my hips can also begin to kind of get tight and it becomes harder to just move and walk. And I begin to feel more generally as I've gotten a little older, more aches and pains. So again, this is stress response. So often when we are, what I think of as chasing uh, an external want, which is not to say that um, all wants that we have outside of our body or are bad, but when we're chasing it, meaning we're so like almost like we need it. Like if we don't get it, life's going to fall apart sort of thing. Um, and, or, um, we're kind of beating ourselves up so much for not having it, then the body will show these clear stress responses. Now, the flip side of that is the heart's desire. Um, and the way that tends to show up in the body is it's an opening. It's the, it's the opposite of what we just talked about, meaning that the, the heart and the body are more open. There's an excitement, more of a joy. There's a, a leaning into, um, and sometimes we can vacillate between these two, the heart's desire, the ego's want, or the heart's desire and the fear of not getting it. So sometimes it can be a little confusing. That said, the more we allow ourselves to slow down and learn to focus a little bit more on our breath, create just a little bit more space in our mind, then we can become more attuned to the subtleties in our body to help give us a clue about what's happening. Yeah, I, 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 scratch, I scratch when I'm nervous or stressed or upset, but yeah. Right, yeah, yeah right, you up. notice that tick, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely, so we we do, we have something, and then when it's something you get really excited about, I mean, or that you're, as you said, leaning in, I mean, I get very animated. <laughs> yeah, great noticing, exactly, right. And usually, you know, that heart's desire space, um, which, I think we're going to move into this part too in our conversation, but it's undeniable, right? Meaning when people experience you in that space, they just want to say yes to you. And the universe <laughs> wants that too. Yeah. 
So it's a really different type of space um, energetically as well as how it feels in us. Yeah, definitely. No, I've, I've certainly noticed the difference too, um, kind of like what Lynn, Lynn was saying. Um, so what would you say to someone who has a desire and maybe has had it for a long time, but it never seems to become fulfilled? They might think that they can't make it happen at all. So why is their desire not coming true and what can they do about that? Yeah, that's such a great question um, because it gets to the point where it can almost be painful, right? Um, for some of us, uh, there are certain areas of our life in particular where we continually hold a deep longing or a deep desire for something and we feel really congruent with it and it's not showing up or it's showing up but not hanging around. Um can just feel so disappointing. So um, the first thing I'd say is um, this is human. We all are working with this. And part of the challenge can be that when we see others get what they want, that we begin to think we're the only ones, right? And we're kind of, we're in the shitter. We're the only ones that can't get it together, <laughs> right? Um, and the first thing I wanted to spell is say, hmm, not so. Maybe in this moment you're seeing this person uh, attract and engage in something they're really excited about and good for them. And we all can have that experience. Um, so the next thing I'd like to say, which I think is said by many, is that part of how we grow is actually coming up against challenge. Um, and even though none of us like it, and I think there's some sort of societal messaging that we shouldn't, right? If we're good enough, then we are getting everything that we want. Um, I, I say, I don't think so, um, is, is my current, not my current, is my belief on the topic, meaning Without pushing up against something, how is it that we become stronger, more wise, also just more in tune with what we want? Um, for example, something that we wanted 10 years ago and maybe even experienced but is no longer a fit, now we're beginning to feel that we want something else. We could talk about career, for example, because often people are experiencing desires as they're maturing for different types of careers. And they may have been really fulfilled at one point 10 years ago when they had, let's say, a, a career in law. And after 10 years in that career, for some time now, they've just been feeling like it's, it's uh, heavy. It's more of a drudgery. It's not lighting them up in the way it was. It's a natural thing to be coming up against that challenge of, who am I and what do I want to do for work? What is going to fulfill me? And by sitting in the discomfort and sitting in the question, we're becoming more aware again, not just of the body, but also now of the inner wisdom, our intuition, and what is kind of deeper in terms of what is guiding us in our life to fulfill the essence or our purpose is how I begin to think of it. And then there's just the part that um, I've heard Abraham Hicks refer to many times, which is, you know, if you just got everything you wanted, then life would be such a bore, wouldn't it? 
absolutely. But I think there's absolutely there's a piece there that I call stretching. You know, where you're going to stretch to to a different place. You're going to pivot, and that can you know that type of stretching is where you're maybe you're feeling uncomfortable, but you need to stretch so you so you can pivot to a new a new better spot for you. Right. Right. In that moment, right? The new better fit for how we've grown as a person. Another great analogy is that cocoon analogy, right? Many people I think have heard this too, but of the butterfly flapping after the caterpillar begins to become that butterfly and now has its wings. You know, you can see if you can watch the butterfly in the cocoon that it's flapping, flapping, flapping against that case of the cocoon. And it looks like this awful struggle. And if you were to split the cocoon down the middle and free the butterfly from its struggle, it would never fly because all of that flapping is making its wings strong enough to fly. And I, I think about this often when I'm up against my own challenges where I'm stretching, where I'm moving towards something I want and yet, gads, you know, can I do it? <laughs> am I good enough? Can I, you know, is there something to contribute here? Or am I going to fall on my face? Um, it's, I, I begin to feel this sense of risk and also this sense of excitement. And the more I lean in, the more it feels like the universe or energy, however we want to think of it, starts to show up to support me. And it's like two ends come to meet, meaning what I want and how I'm allowing myself to stretch, they come to meet in order to create this this new outcome in me and in my life. Yeah, yeah, no, I I see that. I and it it sounds like a real relationship um, that emerges between desire and expectation. And maybe there's a flip side to that. Maybe you're there's some fear of letting go or guilt. So that those two sides of a coin. And what do you think about how those ideas would come into play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, society's influence, how we're brought up, what's happening in our peer groups, our community groups, these have huge influences on us, I think much more than we're often aware. So when we are in alignment with our wants and there's nothing from our past that is impeding or getting in the way of the clarity of our belief about experiencing, having, or being that heart's desire that we're being called to, um, then the attraction is meaning how that outcome showing up is so can be so quick. And yet, um, because of our upbringing and so many of these subtle instilled messages along the lines of don't get a big head or, you know, <laughs> the big britches pieces or, um, you know, there's so many other people who need so much more, don't take too much. And, you know, all these, all these different types of messages and, and there are just so many, then, we start to get what we want sometimes and we shut down. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Um, 
but it's it's like why am I doing this like we can watch ourselves doing it <laughs> like no don't do this right but somehow we we can't help ourselves and we kind of spin backward away from it and I think what we're what the conscious what the subconscious mind is trying to do is reconcile um the contrast, another word that Abraham Hicks uses a lot, but the, the contrast between what we want and the messages that are subconsciously living within us that might actually be ruling us more than the wisdom and the openness and the willing, the ability to receive of our heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think there is definitely that side where, you know, you can really believe um, that, that you don't deserve something or that, you know, that they've got enough, as you said, and they should be just satisfied or happy with what they have and they shouldn't push, um, to really pursue their, their innermost, uh, passion or desire. So how does one come to really believe that they can live and have and be what they want and what they desire? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think of it as you use the word stretching, which is such a great word. When we stretch little by little, then we sustain our changes, our transformations. And when we go about collecting little pieces of positive evidence for, you know, the good, the heart's desire that we is, that we really want in our life, um, for example, uh, I'll, t I'll talk about relationships on my end. So much of my life, I really wanted a passionate, connected partnership. And when I was a teenager, in fact, I'll, I'll admit that I was a teenage romance novel junkie. <laughs> and I used to kind of get down on myself about it, you know, in a Hallmark movie watcher. And, you know, I just really love that space of love and heart. And so even though it's kind of tough on myself, I couldn't help it. It was just, it came to be who I was. And I understand it now looking back, right? What it was pointing yeah. toward. But right. for so many years, you know, of course, the relationships that I was in, I say, of course, because I was learning and growing about myself and about my, you know, through the eyes of dating and relationships, this vision and this desire that I felt and I knew within myself wasn't coming to fruition. Um, and then it, it did. I got married um, and I really cared about this person. And I really liked so many of their attributes, but it turned out, boy, even though we had a lot of the same values, we weren't necessarily a great fit in terms of how we acted on these values in our life. It, we had very different habits of how to be in the world and those habits really rubbed up against each other. Um, so again, lesson learned. So I got closer, right? It, with each relationship, I got closer and closer to this relationship that I really wanted and dreamt of. And then I got married and I got closer and I had a beautiful daughter with this lovely man who ended up not being my right fit kind of lifetime partner for me. And we were able to amicably separate and remain family, but not married, which is better for us. And then after leaving, I just totally broke down because it was like, will this ever happen, right? I just, I felt it so much in my being. 
what I really wanted. And yet it was so clear after getting divorced that it was not happening. Right. And one morning I woke having this really visceral dream about what it would feel like and look like and act like to have this person come to my door, the door of my house and greet me. And I wrote a poem or a, a piece of prose about it, um, which is in my book. Um, and it was so visceral. And then when I wrote it down, it became even more felt, more realized, more real within me that it felt like there was no way that this could not happen, right? And right. I'm using double negatives here, but <laughs> it was, it was, it just felt absolutely sure because it was so real in my feeling state. Six months later, I met the man who I'd been with for six years and now married to, and it felt just like that when I first met him. It felt like that experience of my dream turned into a poem called um, Blessed Appears. And I, I believe that all through all those years, I was making myself ready, right? All those years, I was learning about what I wanted and getting closer. All those years, I was becoming more open to it. I was learning how to receive that relationship as well as how to be in that relationship in a way that I could be that loving partner and receive that type of love from someone else, which is no small feat. And I feel like no matter what our longing for those deeper desires within us, most of them, they are have steps to getting there. So how is it that we celebrate each win or each step that we take that gets us closer um, and recognize that we're on a journey. Meaning if we're just always getting what we want back to that Abraham Hicks point and we're getting it so quickly, it does get boring, right? We, we kind of- We need to beat the wings, beat we the wings. Forget, right, we forget <laughs> to about, we stop being excited about engaging, engaging with life. Yeah. And that really makes sense. And actually, your story kind of reminds me of um, my husband's past before before we got together. Um, he often tells me that if he had met me sooner in his life, he doesn't think that he would have been ready for a relationship or, or like a serious long term relationship like that. He yeah. often says that he wasn't mature enough or he just maybe didn't have the right values or wasn't ready to act on those values yet. But by the time he did meet me, um, he was pretty 30 when we met. Um, by then, he says that he was ready, and he's really happy that we hadn't met before that. So he says that life kind of was getting him ready for me. And yeah. um, now that we're together, now now it's perfect. But he he had to wait until that point. Yep, I so agree. If I had met Michael, the love of my life, who I can't imagine being with anyone else. Um, I, I feel the same. And Michael and I often talk about that too. Like our previous marriages were very different experiences than our marriage. Um, not to be judged, right? Meaning that we were learning along the way how to be with each other in the way that we are now, which I'm so grateful for. 
I'm so grateful. And I think we're all always learning and growing. To me, it's the essence of life. I I adore it. I love it. Mm-hmm. It it satiates me. It fulfills me to be learning like this. However, when there's something I really want, especially I would say for me, if it's around money and I'm looking at my bank account and there's not <laughs> enough, that one it's harder to be more patient around, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, money pour in. It's time to pour in, right? Yeah. Um, and yet the process is very much the same. So much the same. In fact, I've recently come to recognize how do I see money as my as my beloved? Right? How is it that I have the trusting, loving relationship with money that I do with Michael? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I have another question, though, about the law of attraction and how each of us is a magnetic force. What can you say about that? Yeah, so that's another Abraham Hicks term, and many people have used it, um, the law of attraction. The way I look at it as um, someone who practices Reiki and does Qigong as well as mindfulness practices is that literally there is an energy that we are, um, a magnetic force that we are. And then there's also this magnetic force outside of us, right? And in the world, on the earth, in the universe. And um just like we were talking about earlier in terms of, you know, what what the body's doing when it's worried or stressed versus when it's excited and leaning in, when we are in that excited state and we are in alignment with anything in our lives, then we create this positive magnetic resonance. And um, as we're doing that, we're not only open to receive, we're kind of like a living invitation, right? And um, people around us and situations around us, they want to respond in that yes manner. They want to lean in to us as we lean in. Um, it's such a beautiful and graceful and simple thing. The part that's not always so easy is that when we are not in that positive resonance state, meaning we're in that place of frustration or sadness or anger, all of which are really important emotions. And it's not to say they should be ignored in order to always move toward joy. Sometimes those emotions are signals that there's healing that wants to be done within us around the past so that it can be dissolved so that we can move more gracefully toward joy and in that positive resonance. But when we are in that place of sadness and frustration, then we're usually more closed down, more blocked off. And that energy, even if what we wanted were right in front of us, either we wouldn't see it because we're not looking for it, we're looking for all the things that we're not getting, right? Or it just has no way in because we're kind of, we're we're shut down in a different state. versus that open positive state that wants to say yes we want to say yes and it wants to say yes to us all right well that makes sense you know and uh i love that the force of nature right and you know so i'm just gonna say that i've I've heard this before but i think it would be really wonderful if you could share with us the analogy of the kids birthday party and the universe because i think that's gonna fit really well Yeah, I agree. Um, 
it occurred to me many years back when I was watching my daughter at a birthday party. She was, I think, um, they were all younger, so it's a time when all the parents are hanging out while the kids are doing their thing. Um, and so she was a guest at the party, and um, it was time to open the presents after eating the cake or whatever. Anyway, it was time to open the presents, and um, the the person who was being celebrated was sitting in a chair, and all of the kids at the party were gathered around this person very close, right? <laughs> They're waiting with bated breath for the birthday, um, I think it was a boy, the birthday boy to open his presents. Um, so it made me realize that I think that the universe, what it is that's constantly creating is like that. It's waiting close and excited for us to open its gifts. So as then, right, the birthday boy is opening the presents for each person whose present was opened, they would get up even closer. They'd be waiting so excited. Did this person like their gift? They really, really hope so. And then there would be the response, right? In most cases, it was like, oh, cool, you know? And then you could see the person who gave the gift just, oh, so excited that they really love their gift, yeah? So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, imagine, like imagine that life, the force of life, this beautiful benevolent force of life that loves to make and create is doing exactly this. It's like just waiting, waiting. You know, what do you want? What do you want? I want to give it to you. I, I can't wait for you to open my present. And then you open it and then you just move on to what's next. <laughs> You like don't even you don't even slow enough to say right because wow. these are these habits these are these yeah. human habits to say oh my god thank you so much this is so awesome I'm so appreciative for this experience this moment this whatever it is that showed up right we um, we have this habit because of the wanting and the striving that we forget to pause or we have this habit of constantly looking for better so we get something close but not quite and we're like oh you know <laughs> and then that energy just kind of like dwindles out yeah so and it's not as if that we i'm not saying we shouldn't hone what we want but if we pause and stop to recognize against the the collection of evidence for what it is that is working so well that we're so appreciative for this quote, attitude of gratitude, but I don't mean it in a kind of false Pollyanna way. I mean it really in this body and heartfelt way of when I take a shower when I'm really cold at night this time of year, you know, it's wet cold and I can't seem to get my body warm. And I go into the shower before I go to bed and I just feel that warmth make me warm to take that deep breath and say, God, thank you so much for this warm water. I I am so appreciative. Yeah, from the simplest of things like this to um, having you know that awesome client that you really connect with, and um, even though maybe you don't know every single detail about how it's going to work, you've got good rapport. You've got a sense of what they need and want, and you have this sense that you can provide support and service to them in a way they need. Thank you, universe, for connecting this client with me. I'm so excited for this work. Yeah, I, I love that analogy. I, re I really like that. Um, I think it's really great to 
you know, to, to remember to be thankful for, for the things you get and to actually, as you say, like pause and slow down and, and be happy that you got it. Yeah. And let yourself get excited, right? Yeah. The more, yeah. I mean, not that we want to be, you know, hyper all the time, um, <laughs> but you know, but that excitement is an absolute yes. And sometimes I'll say, I'd be happy to have more of that. <laughs> Thank you. I'd be happy yeah. to have more of that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, Sometimes we are, we're all speeding by so fast that we aren't taking those moments, which actually they, they so enrich our lives and they, they do, they cut down on our stress and they give us that moment to just relish um, this, this specialness that we're, yeah. that we've received in whatever way, even if it's, you know, just the simplest thing of a walk through a park and, you know, really feeling the, the breeze and smelling the fresh, you know, the, the leaves and the, the ground. So, yeah, 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 I agree. I tend to call it the living sensual way, meaning we're living connected to our senses and our hearts, you know, and that awareness that has us being connected, remaining connected to ourselves and to each other and to the beauty and bounty of nature. It might sound wooey, but I really think it's true that nature is a powerful force. And when we're connected to it, you know, through sipping our tea or our coffee, to seeing an amazing movie, to having work that is exciting us, it's it's really powerful, really powerful. And it also can support turning the sadness and the frustration into the joy and the fulfillment in a very real way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this has been a really wonderful uh, discussion, Piper. Thank you so much for sharing how to achieve the life you desire and how to realize what is real and waiting. I mean, I think it's just been a fabulous conversation and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. And thanks, Amanda. I had a blast talking about what I love so much, which is creating a life that we're really excited about living. Really loved it. Thank you. I, I definitely want to share with our audience that um, Piper's website is um, thebeautyofbeinghuman.com, and we will provide the link in the post copy so that you can find that there. She's also written a wonderful book that's available on Amazon, and we're going to provide the link for that as well. And Thank you, Piper. Thank you, Amanda. It's, this has been an informative discussion. I think it's really going to help our audience. And for all of you out there, if you have ideas you'd like to share, that's what we've all been talking about here, right? <laughs> and pursuing your desires. Come on, tell us what they are. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for discussion, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And to stay current on all of our advice and our breakthrough advantages that we are offering, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms and you will receive our newsletter. Thank you so much for listening.